Welcome to the Home Buyer Club Podcast, helping you understand how to buy a home. From first looking at houses all the way through picking up the keys to your new home. The Home Buyer Club will be speaking with people in the industry to get expert advice to help you with your own home buying journey. I think you'll like this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast with me, your host, Joe Thompson. Today, we've got a special guest. We've got Scott McPherson, founder of McPherson Properties. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Hiya. How are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well. I love how bright it is in your uh, in your apartment. Oh, it's brilliant. Our old apartment only had uh, one window, so and it was like a little cube. If you go to a fish tank, if you go to pets at home and you see all the little fishes, little cubes, yeah. one window at the front, that's what it was like. So oh, this no. one, we've got... Uh, east south and west facing windows so we get the sun all day we're pretty happy with oh, it now. perfect that's great stuff mate a tradition of the podcast is we like to start with some quick fire questions just to get our guests loosened up so are you ready sure. for the quick fire questions okay born ready would you prefer a house or flat uh house barbecue or sunday roast barbecue coke or pepsi uh i actually have <laughs> this is sounds so bad but I have a tattoo of the Coca-Cola logo on my ankle. Sober okay. decision, but I drink Pepsi more. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Oh, dear. Facebook or Instagram? Uh, Instagram. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Hot or cold? Hot, yeah. Football or rugby? Football, but I don't watch either. Oh, fair enough. High course party. <laughs> Sorry? High or spa day? Oh, spa day. Spa day, fair enough. They're, yeah. they're, they're the quick fire questions, nice and easy. Nice one, happy days. <laughs> so the Coke tattoo, was that to win a competition or? No, I was in Portugal with the family <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to get a tattoo. It wasn't my first, uh, not my last either. I just, <laughs> basically, um, when I was a kid with the African World Cup, do you remember that? I remember yeah. seeing like Coca-Cola everywhere. It just reminded me of being a holiday. It makes no sense. I know what I'm saying sounds ridiculous, but I wanted that logo on my, that's like the back of my heel and uh, yeah. got it. <laughs> I don't overthink, Fair like enough. with my tattoos, like, I, I don't overthink them. Like I think one of them has a meaning. So uh, yeah, yeah, I don't... Got done. yeah, I yeah, like yeah. It. it's fine. <laughs> Mate, that's brilliant. <laughs> so Scott, what, what can you say, explain what you do for a living? So I'm a property deal sourcer and soon to be packager. I'm currently working on um, bringing on a builder and then do a full on packaging end to end. But currently I'm a deal sourcer. I'm based, I live in Sheffield, but I cover across South Yorkshire. Uh, and you may ask what a deal sourcer is. Um, it's like an estate agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like an estate agent, but instead of working for the seller, I work for the buyer. So let's just say you, Joe, you, um, you're busy with this podcast, mortgage broking, you're a busy guy, you want to get into property, uh, you just don't have the time, you've got the funds but you don't have the time, then you contact someone like me, then I basically get your criteria, uh, we work together um, and then once we're happy together, I go out and source these buy-to-lets for you across South Yorkshire, it could be a flip buy-to-let or BRR. So I source one of those three and uh, I take on all the workload, you know, when it comes to negotiations, research, viewings, um, the callings, emails, I take on all of that workload for you. So you just, all you have to do is couple, uh, sign a couple documents and yeah, you got yourself a property. 
Wow, that sounds good. Now, there's something you mentioned yeah. there that I wasn't sure what it is. What's a BRR? Buy, refurbish, refinance. So um, that's when you buy, it's, it's much like a flip, much like a buy-to-let. That's why it's kind of like the trifecta flip, buy-to-let, BRR. So you buy a house, you refurbish it, and then you refinance it. You try and pull as much money out as you can. And I actually done a video of this on my Instagram. It's a unicorn okay. deal if you can pull out as much money as you can. Um, or no, it's a unicorn deal if you can pull out all of the money, right? So if you can pull out okay. all of the money, that's fantastic. You've essentially got a house for free, but there are a lot of people that say that you can do this all the time and you can't do it all the time. It's quite a unicorn thing, but it is definitely possible. So usually you'd leave in about 10 to 20,000 pounds. Um, once you've refurbed it, added on the value, refinanced 75% out. So yeah, it's a great way of recycling your cash and moving it onto the next project. Okay. So, so with that, there are there is possibility that you can get all that money that you've invested back, but yeah. you may need to leave some in. Yeah, it's uh, it's realistic yeah. to leave some in. You got you got when I present a a, a deal, say a BRR deal, um, I'd be conser- I'd be conservative. I'd be like, look, um, we're going to be conservative and say you're going to leave twenty thousand in, even if the numbers come to say ten to fifteen. Contingency is important, but it's definitely possible to take all of your money out. Um, definitely possible uh, when it came to my first flip I would have been able to do that but I was on a zero hour contract wouldn't climb the house, I was too young everything was going against me man so uh, I just sold it so <laughs> I, I would have <laughs> yeah. took the money and run yeah, yeah man I took the money <laughs> and um, we can deep dive this into, into this later on if you like or now but uh, yeah. when it came to the money from there I invested in my education studied for uh, quite a few months and moved down to here in sheffield oh okay this was last year yeah we'll touch on we'll touch on that flip shortly uh, i'd just love to get a bit more dive a bit more into what yeah. you do so how did you get into doing this so well, it started um it started a few years ago 2020 i was in australia and um the start of 2020, about March, I went I went traveling and I was going to travel Asia and I was going to travel Australia, which I did. But as we know, COVID hit. I, I left in February the 15th. COVID hit around that time, let's be honest. So in, in Asia, I was um, just traveling around and then I got a notification saying that I have to be in Australia in the next two weeks. So I <clears throat> went to Australia, done farm work and then done factory work. And then I was just thinking to myself, like, I came out here for a reason. I came out here to find what I want to do. I haven't found it yet. And I was just on YouTube. I was just uh, kicking about on YouTube and saw this video about this guy getting his first deal. And uh, I think the video was something it had on the title. I had how I made 10 grand in property or something like that, or how I made 10 grand for one one deal or something. So I just clicked Mm -hmm. on it. And this guy was doing deal packaging. So I liked it. I went into, uh, and then I looked up and networking events in Australia. I attended one, learned a lot, and I thought, I really like the idea of this. I really want to do this. And um, yeah, I went back to my um, house share and I basically called home and I was like, look, I'm coming home. This was in October, 2020. I was like, look, I'm coming home. I want to get to property. And uh, like they were, (laughs) my family were a bit confused because there was no sign of property at all like nothing i was a, i was wanting to be a pt the last time they spoke to me wow now it's okay. property so it's uh yeah I, this was uh, october 2020 i got back 
about four four weeks later or something. And at the start of 2020, uh, 2021, there was a lockdown, nationwide lockdown. Yeah. So <laughs> that lasted about four months. And for that four months, I just studied uh, property. So on Friday, Friday afternoon until Sunday night, I studied property. But Monday until Monday morning until Friday afternoon, I was trading stocks and cryptocurrencies so I could raise cash. And I, but I had to learn that as well. I had no idea what that was. So I had to learn that and trade that. <laughs> I, I I just had all the time in the world. So uh, yeah, I had to do that. But um, I also wasn't getting much furlough because I was in Australia. Uh, right. I quit my job. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get I didn't get the furlough perks. So I had to do it. I had to do it, man. I had to uh, raise yeah. money and uh, study, study, and do all of that. But just before lockdown finished, start of April, I purchased my first uh, flip, which was. Um, I forgot to say I'm from just north of Inverness in the top okay. of Scotland. So it's a small town in the Bergordon. This was a mid-terraced uh, wooden cladding three-bedroom house. Oh, wow. And okay. It was really bad. The property was really, really bad. Um, basically, the history of the property was two year, for the two years before, um, The basically you had the parents. They were really yeah. old and they passed away and they left the property to their kids who were in their 40s. So they spent two years clearing it because they said it was they were the parents were hoarders, um, oh, like no. documentary hoarders. I spoke with the neighbors, and uh, basically the they said they wouldn't let anyone in the house. But the one time they did go in the house, they you, they had channels. Do you know how you walk and there's like stuff and there's stuff? Yeah. They had walk pathways, so it took them a couple <laughs> of years to empty it. So oh, by the time they wanted to sell it, they were they were just like, look, I want get rid of this property i hate it i just want it gone but um i didn't know this until after the fact so i put an offer in they, they had it up for 70 i put an offer in for 58 and i just it was like a hail mary it was basically one of those offers you're like i'm willing to go up to 63 you know i was yeah. prepared to negotiate i just wanted to start off a bit lower but they accepted it i said to her <laughs> she was she was round at the house on the viewing because she was cleaning the garden yeah. And I, I said, I said to her, I was like, "Look, I'm I'm willing to offer fifty eight thousand um, cash." So she said, "Yes." Before I got the word "cash" out, like "yes," <laughs> and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> so alarm uh, bell should have been ringing, shouldn't they? At that point, <laughs> mate, honestly, honestly, I mean, it was one of those things. I was saying to myself, I was like, I, "If I get it for fifty eight, I'll I'll be crying happy," but because the yes was so fast, I was like, "How long could I've got it?" But uh, I I was. But I went home and I was thinking to myself, look, I'm happy, she's happy, everyone's happy. Like she was ecstatic and uh, I got the property for a great price. And it was one of those things that um, when it came to refurbing it, um, how I got, how I got the, um, I'll be transparent. The way I got the money for the property was basically the year before when I was in Australia, back at home, yeah. my grandparents passed and they inherited their house to my um, dad and, his, and my uncle. It was yeah. a council house, split the house 50 50, um, 60 grand each. So when I got back, I approached my dad and I said, Look, if I give you, say, 4% interest rate on this, would you be able to lend me this money? And I can do, like, basically, we already saw this property and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I said, I, I wrote out all the numbers. I was like, Look, this is an opportunity for me to start this career properly. And uh, it took a while to think about it because, bearing in mind, I have no property experience. Yeah, so I even put and it's shelf. sixty grand, isn't it? It's yeah, sixty yeah, grand like this, that he's about like, to give you. Yeah, this is a top change. It was just, and this was like new money to him. You know, it was it was exciting. Like 
Uh, I don't know what he was planning on doing with it, but giving it to me was probably not <laughs> on the top of the list. <clears throat> so um, basically, I managed to convince him, 4% interest rate, and that's how we got the property. So with the money I raised from stocks and cryptocurrency and my my mum my and stepdad, they uh, our dog had puppies. They sold the puppies. I approached them and I was like, look, <laughs> there's no point in having that money sat in the bank earning nothing. I'll give you 4%. <laughs> Uh, suffering think, 4% four percent out left, right, and centre here, aren't you? I know, yeah. <laughs> I Who am I? I know. Yeah, the Bank of Scotland. Clearly. Jordan Belfort so, uh, at this rate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Bank of yeah. I know. So um, I basically said to them, uh, I said to them that I was, and I think, I think if I left out the four percent, they would have done it anyway. Like they were excited for me. They were, they saw that I was ready to do this yeah. and stuff. So, but the four percent was the kicker. I already said it, hadn't I? Uh, so. Uh, yeah, like that's how I got the money for the refurb between. So the money for the refurb, it, I, I, the refurb added up to about twenty five. I ra- I only raised not only, but I I raised twenty between myself and the puppies being sold. So um, the refurb begins. Bearing in mind, I had no plan. I underestimated the refurb. When you look at the photos, it just looks like it needs a new carpet. It's a bit of paint. On that, had wood rot. The whole floor is back to bricks. Basically, the whole thing back to bricks. The garden garden had to be leveled full-on refurb oh. i because of my no experience i had no idea what i was looking at when i viewed the property yeah. i just thought i didn't i didn't know what plasterboard was like this throughout the refurb i was learning a lot right so when it came yeah. to for example plasterboard i didn't know what plasterboard was i remember ordering a plaster like sheets of plasterboard it was about 84 sheets of plasterboard because i didn't know you could plaster like do you know how you get like yeah. the liquid plaster i didn't know you could yeah. do that so I was going to plasterboard the whole house. And um, basically the sheets of plasterboard, they fit top to bottom on the in the room. Now, I was phoning my family, like, I can't believe I've lucked out because I hadn't measured it. I forgot to measure it. And they were like, Scott, this is standard. Like, this is standard. Like, you're there's no surprise here. So I had no idea, like, sheets of plasterboard were, like, walls were, they were already the same length. I was already, I was just buzzing, like... Um, yeah, I it was all of these things. I had no idea. A lot of it was YouTube. Okay, how how do you tape plasterboard YouTube and one hand tape? And it was like floorboards ripping out the floorboards. Okay, how do you actually wow. put floorboards? Joists. What are joists? I don't know. Um, like it was just crazy ripping out the bathroom. Okay, how do I do this? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was it was insane. But see, when you're thrown into the deep end, um, it's very typical like if you're thrown to the deep end you have to learn how to swim or you drown so i had to learn i had to learn i was a i was also a lifeguard um at the time as well so i got my job back i was a lifeguard before traveling okay. now i got yeah. the job back and uh, i was working weekends because it was time and a half but monday to friday it was at this property so yeah the refurb goes on and the refurb was very um intense it went over budget mm. so once i passed the budget i started going into my overdraft I went into wow. about okay. five grand overdraft, and uh, wow. like, so it was. I remember taking a screenshot, and uh, yeah, it was like one overdraft minus two minus two thousand five hundred. The other one minus two thousand five hundred. Like it was scary, um, but we we sold it after I tried to refinance it. After I tried all of that, I wanted it to be a buy to let because I could have yeah. pulled all the money out, but I couldn't. They wouldn't do it for me. Um, it was just my situation; wasn't be able to do it. 
um, income was low, earning about a grand a month, you know, so yeah. zero hour contract, all that sort of stuff. It was terrible. Yeah. So that wasn't possible. But when it came to um, when it came to uh, selling it, that was really quick. So I put hmm. uh, coming to the market soon on Facebook and this lady living three or four doors down, she was renting kids, family, hmm. uh, kids went to the school, families on the street. Perfect. And um, yeah. I wanted um, so I put I put it up for sale and she gave me she gave me exactly what I was asking for because like when I came up with the price oh. when I came up with the price um, I was it was 115 and when I came up with that price I was really um, satisfied with it you know got it for yeah. 58 25 and 115 I think like it's easy to want a bit more it's easy to want a bit more but I was really happy with this and she gave me it and I could have got a, probably a, a couple grand more you know but um she she put a verbal offer in before it went up for sale but i had to put it up for sale and stuff like that and then yeah. instantly we went to legals and sold it so i was really wow. happy man like i was really happy it was a quick sale and that meant i could now start my journey in property yeah. so uh throw back pay, to your pay your overdraft pay your overdraft yeah 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 so uh pay all that off and uh actually have money in the bank <laughs> yeah <laughs> which was nice so um, when it came to uh, actually to throw back to your original question, how do I get deal sourcing? Mm. Now is like the time I got into deal sourcing. So um, we stayed in the property for a few months. Myself and my girlfriend, we just lived in it for a few months, and yeah. um, then we sold. We sold last year, May, April, May. Okay. So um, studied for a while. Studied for quite a few months. Um, done a course. Uh, this was like um, it's it's. The course was from Aspire Education, and okay. basically that's about three, three or four months of um, education. Basically, you learn everything on how to set up a fully compliant and functioning deal packaging slash sourcing business, and research areas, how to network. Basically, it's the fundamentals. It, it gives you everything, and yeah, it's not okay. over. It's not Monday, Saturday, Sunday. Like it's over months, and um, that's how I was able to fill up a very solid structure of a business and when it came to october uh we decided to move down here i think it was november mm -hmm. we moved but we decided in october okay so moved down here in november um finished setting everything up tightening um all the screws and stuff like that you know and this year in january officially launched everything so um going networking you know uh, reaching out to people joining the BNI group, doing doing this and um, looking for investors and stuff. So how I got into deal sourcing, um, yeah, that that's more or less how. <laughs> wow, okay, that's fantastic. That's, 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 that's brilliant, I love that story. It's, it's, it's a great story. It's one of those stories as well that, you know, it's a it's a trial by fire a little bit, isn't it? You've, you've yeah. got into it thinking, oh, this is gonna be easy. But it's not always easy, is it, flipping houses? Because there are no. hidden things like rocks that people don't know about. And you see it on Homes Under yeah. the Hammer where people go in and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've not even seen the house. And then it's a shit show. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, if you don't try it, you don't learn, you don't you don't get to where you are now. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's sort of worthwhile. Yeah, I think, like, when it comes to um, trying anything, if you want to be uh, – I don't like using the word successful – Right, because success can mean picking your kids up from school, seeing mm. your family, being there present with your family. So 
this isn't the blueprint for being success, uh, successful. But if you want to um, start a, a property business and have the best chance of it succeeding the business, then um, I feel like you have to be um, tolerant of risk, a lot of risk. So uh, I got used to risk when it came to traveling. It was just going out into the world by myself. Yeah. That built up of confidence. And then when it came to this property, the flip, never put up a shelf before. And when I got into it, I had to learn. So that built up a bit more confidence. Okay, now I trust myself. So when it came to moving down here, I didn't know anyone down here, um, starting from absolute scratch. It was, um, I had no no doubt, absolutely no doubt. Um, I think it's, uh, I think you just got to incrementally build up your confidence, which is essential to anything. Look, if you're wanting to stand up on stage, if you're wanting to, uh, be an actor, run a marathon, you know, do anything that requires you to take a risk or um, come out of your comfort zone. The best way to do it is incrementally build up your confidence over time. Little That's wins, it. big wins. Well, little wins turn into big wins, which is, um, yeah, very important, I believe. It's just reps in the bank, isn't it? The only way reps, you get good at yeah. something is just keep doing it, keep doing yeah. it, keep doing it. And do you know what? You'll fail a lot. But... <laughs> In the end, the more you do it, the more you you get better at it. Yeah, I mean, I made I made my uh, story sound oh just on this, just on this, just on this. But believe me, there was a lot of days um, where, like, breakdown, crying. What have I done? You know, like, yeah, this is stupid. Yes, I had the confidence, but confidence doesn't necessarily mean you'll be uh, right, <laughs> successful. It just it was um, a lot of doubt. There was a lot of times. Like when I was down here for the first few months this year, I was frantically looking for um, investors, deals, and building my network at the same time. And I was freaking out, man. Like being down here, yeah. days were only about, what, five or six hours long. So it just yeah. felt that was getting intense. But I realized that what I was doing was I was trying to do everything at once. So um, you may notice this yourself. If you come, if you start a business or if you want to, do anything um, that requires a lot of effort, you have to put all of your focus into one thing at a time. So when I was doing yeah. three things, investors, uh, deals, and network, I was I was really, I was only giving 33% to each one. So mm. took a step back, I was like, right, I'm gonna build a network so strong, I'm gonna um, build trust with these industry professionals bounce off each other how can I add value to them how can they add value to me let's make this a, a good network right so if once I do onboard an investor I have a much better quality service because I've now got a strong network so that then um, helped me get a, an investor because people in the network knew investors yeah. I never thought of that so and they also know and they also knew people with deals so if you just take a step back and you focus on one thing at a time, give it your 110%, then then once that's ticked off, on to the next. And who knows, those things that you tick off could lead to the things that you're actually wanting in the future, yeah. which is what happened yeah. with me. That's it. Oh, mate, I'm constantly, like, juggling. Got so yeah. many things juggling around, thinking, sure. I need to do this. Oh, wait, no, shit, I need to do this. Oh, my God, I'm doing <laughs> that. So I totally Spin get plates. what you mean, mate. Spinning oh yeah, plates. all the time. Yeah, and spinning plates can be sometimes a good thing, but also a bad thing. Uh, yeah. Depends on which what sort of person you are. I find that sometimes spinning plates is great, especially when everything's going good. But when everything's going bad, spinning plates isn't a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you need to put your time and effort into that one one plate. 
to keep it yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I realized when I was a lifeguard, um, I was sitting watching an empty pool. Now, um, that's I knew people that were lifeguarding and they loved it. And they would just go there and do their job. And I was envious of them because I would I would be itching to do stuff like I needed I needed to do a lot of things and I was I was jealous of them and at the same time I was lost because I didn't know what I wanted to do so I was um, struggling um, I had all this pent-up energy and I was like I need to do something so traveling requires a lot of energy farm work all of that energy and then yeah. when I got home it's like okay now what okay the flip all the energy all the energy okay now what now, now it's like education starting a business what's good about a business it's forever hopefully <laughs> it's yeah. forever so that's that's where all my energy is going um i i enjoy organized chaos um things can come up come up and i want to deal with it deal with it deal with it but like you said when things go wrong i'm not glamorizing things going wrong it's shit like see if you have yeah. things like uh, okay, this deal fell through because of this, and it's like blah blah blah, blah. and it's, it's like this person just cancelled this meeting. Yeah, but I cancelled another meeting so I could go to this one. It's like, and you know, I mean, th it's just that's the surface. There's loads of other things, and then you got interest rates and all that sort of stuff. You know, like, oh god, it can yeah. all add up. Interest rates, inflation, and people getting spooked. Like investors may not be they're a bit hesitant because they're seeing the media, and it's like you're combating all these things. Now, you can either freak out and go. I can't tackle all of that, so I'm now going to attack none of it. Whereas you can only do one at a time. Um, I saw Jordan Peterson say, like, see when you have a stack of papers on your desk, right? You yeah. know, you can if you took one out and you took the stack away, it would seem easy and you would get it done, which is which is the truth. What we do is when you have a stack of papers or when you have all of these things, all these plates you're spinning, you create this monster in your head, right? And if yeah. you ever looked at a stack of papers or looked at 30 emails and looked at all of these tabs open and you get this like i don't know if it's an adrenaline or like a, a sick a sinking feeling right that's yeah. your fight or it's like that's your flight uh, fight or flight response and yeah what's happening yeah. is you're genuinely getting that fight or flight uh response to paperwork or emails yeah. so the trick is just do one bit of paper at a time even if you do like one every half an hour like see what i what i done um Two weeks ago, I got really overwhelmed. I was just close to burning out. Now, what I decided was, I decided I'm going to do an email and then watch an episode of Big Bang Theory. Okay, and then I'm going to do a LinkedIn post, watch another two episodes of Big Bang Theory. So it, was, um, it wasn't a scheduled day off, but it felt like a day off because I was just doing one little thing at a time. I'm not going near it. Oh yeah, but I'm tempted yeah. to do the others. No, I'll get burnt out. I'm going to spend I'm going to watch an episode of Big Bang Theory. I'm going to watch a podcast. I'm going to, you know, just break it up into tiny little things. And yeah. before I knew it, um, I keep a journal every day. Before I okay. knew it, I actually done a full day's worth of work, high quality. Wow. Because I was, I was just breaking it up and it wasn't this big monster. I wasn't triggering the fight or yeah. flight. I was just, um, yeah, I was breaking it down into little, little manageable chunks. chunks. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That's good. That is. I like that. So you are you've been doing this since January now sourcing properties. Yeah, yeah. So what tell me about that first deal that you got over the line recently? So um this was quite a complicated one. So basically um as I said I was building my network, right? Mm. So part of building that network I got introduced to lighting agents. So one lighting agent um I spoke with him. We had a, a Zoom call. We had a great chat and 
basically um we figured out that he's got landlords offloading and they always ask him can you find investors he's a busy guy and what we figured out was it would be good for me to speak with these landlords and um basically i find investors for them so it's 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 like an estate agent so well i'm a registered estate agent fully compliant in case there are okay. a couple of deal sources out there that aren't so uh, i just want to clarify that okay. um, One to so point basically out. <laughs> yeah so uh, basically when it came to um working with these landlords i was finding them investors and that's how i got this first deal but it was very complicated in the sense that it was obviously tenanted um it needed a little bit of work done to it but what um the criteria of the investor which is very reasonable was we either need confirmation of vacant possession upon completion or we need confirmation of the tenant paying the new rental increase because okay. um what a lot of landlords do um which i understand is they don't increase the rents with market value every year or with inflation every year because they like the tenants they do this um i understand that um but when it comes to selling the property the investor nine times out of ten is going to want to bring it up right yeah they want to that's why they're in the game so basically um it's very difficult getting that uh we actually didn't even get that so when it came to um negotiations they were kind of at a stalemate it was it was at a stalemate it was about uh two grand in the two grand in it two or three grand difference investor okay. here vendor here so finding that was very difficult so what we um proposed was um me and well me and the investor what we proposed was if we offer less then we'll take on the risk you know like we don't need vacant possession and we don't need confirmation of rent paid by the tenant the new increased rent we'll take yeah. on that and we'll deal with it so um that that was um put forward and the vendor uh wasn't too happy with it because prior leading up to this there was a lot of back and forth a lot of like offers and there was too many too many people involved a lot of yeah. people involved and mm. it was very difficult but um yeah um when it comes to negotiations you kind of want minimal amount of people but there was quite a few people and uh yeah like frustrations were built up which i understand so we got uh, i got a no and heartbroken man i was um because like the risk with deal sourcing is you don't um if if you put a lot of effort into a deal, you can get emotionally attached to it. Yeah. And if you can't that. find an investor that'll pay, um, the deal can fall through. Or if they put an offer, it's too low and the vendor won't accept, the deal will fall through. And you've put a lot of effort into this. And when you're at when you're at the start of your journey, one deal is 100% of your income. 10 mm. years into your journey, one deal is probably about 5% of your income, man. Like, yeah. you know, so it's it's quite it's very emotional very emotional like as when the business goes up and down my emotions go up and down like i'm yeah. i should i should be here like this but i'm going along Never, with it. No. Yeah. so uh, yeah <laughs> that's what it felt like uh so yeah in the morning we got a no um i spoke with a vendor and i understood their point of view man like i, I totally get it like when the negotiations go on for weeks like you, you do just you, you get pissed off like you, i get that so yeah. Um, didn't speak for the day and then the evening got a text uh, we're accepting the offer under the conditions um, that it's fast I was like yeah fair enough man like, yeah. yeah so uh, I totally understand that so 
we we got everything done really quickly. We got everything done really quickly. Survey done in a couple of days. So, yeah, that was my wow. So that was my first deal. That was very within a day. It was a no in the morning. It was a no in the evening. It was a yes. So God, that was that. That very. But the heart rate man. was up and down, wasn't it? Was yeah, it, it was. But what I'll what I'll say as well is um, my investor, we get on really well. So we get on really well. And if you're looking to get in deal sourcing, anyone that may be watching this, I highly recommend speaking with your invest. If you're starting out, letting your investor know that you're that you're either at the start of your journey or you're a few months in or you have any questions, do it. I asked um I asked my investor these questions. I was like, "Look, this is what's been. This is what the vendor has said." I'll be honest, mate. Like, I, I, I don't know a response. You've got uh, years of ex- providing the investors experienced, obviously. I yeah. Mean, um, they they'll be able to provide an answer. So basically, he, um, he gave me an answer, and then he coached he coached me through these things. You know, like I would have these questions, and he started coaching me, and it felt like I was getting mentored and. I'm forever grateful to this guy. So um, uh, we we're we're going to be working together in the future. But he essentially guided me through everything. He's he's very um, very helpful, very um, very giving in the sense that he would just like send voice notes off off the cuff, bit of advice, and um, he wouldn't wouldn't get frustrated whenever I had questions. Bearing in mind, I'm the deal sourcer. Yeah. I'm the expert. I shouldn't be asking these questions, but that's what you're, th- you're taught to believe that you're taught to believe, okay, you're the expert. That means you have no questions. Yeah. Act but like what it he really liked thing, about- it? Yeah. 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 But you're better, you better being honest. And if you ask a question and they have the answer, that means you will get a better result at the end. Definitely. It will benefit them. Yeah. If you try and wing it and, tr- and you have your ego like there with you, then long-term you're fucked. That's I think it. when it comes to, yeah, you, you've got to be curious. Well, what my client said to me was, he said, Scott, I really like your curiosity. You ask questions. You're not afraid to ask questions. And um, he said, I said to him, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Because I'm 25. And he said, just stay curious, man. Like, always ask questions. He's like, I ask questions. Like, always ask questions. Stay curious. Enjoy learning. And um, you'll be fine. That's uh, So, yeah, I really had that on to you. <laughs> so, so you've taken that and I like it. I like that. You've taken it and run with yeah. it. Yeah. Keep asking questions, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's brilliant. What advice would you give for any 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 investor that would want to work with you? What advice would you have for them? Um, advice. Uh, I advise you to have the the funds ready. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, when it comes to investing in property, I help people that um, are either at the beginning of their journey or, like my client, he he closes a deal every couple of weeks very advanced one end of the spectrum to the other so it's like it's like an estate agent like if you're selling a house it doesn't matter what experience you've got they can provide the service yeah for you so when it comes to investors um i do invest across south yorkshire uh the criteria is buy to let's flips and brr buy refurbished refinance but when it comes to a deal sourcer um there is a bit of a stigma against us what i advise is to try and Try and like get in touch if you if you feel like you have questions like what's a deal sourcer? Back at home, no one knows what a deal sourcer is. I live in a small used to live in a small place. So if you have any questions, just reach out. Like we all we all I would love to help you. Um when it comes to investors, whether you're working with me or anyone else, 
write this down a hundred percent make sure they are fully compliant fully compliant hmm. insurance um they're with that um property redress scheme or any other bodies like that um adding money laundering make sure they're, they're fully compliant there you know all these things are ticked off because you do not want a cowboy doing it because hmrc will find out and it'll be a disaster hmm. so um when it comes to when you're working with me make sure they're compliant do a bit of a background check um I always say this to investors as well, um, now that I've um, got quite a few, so when I present a deal, I say, please do your own due diligence. Please do your own due diligence because yes, I've pr provided this deal and I'm not biased, but for all you know, I am biased because I want money. That's for all you know, that's not the case. I'm here to provide a good service because I would rather um, turn down shit deals and keep very high quality deals and even if i was being selfish i would do this to make sure the business had longevity right yeah. i wouldn't just crash and burn so um i do advise to do your own due diligence be it on the sourcer or anyone they recommend so i recommend i obviously provide a hands-free service now that includes connecting you to solicitors accountants if you need it um mortgage brokers like yourself and uh builders yeah. <laughs> shout out to joe <laughs> and uh yeah so when it comes to anything like that do your background checks do your research call them up and um yeah i think it's just trying to be as thorough as possible yeah and don't rush into anything as well i've got a couple of investors who buy one property a year okay. now i'm not calling them are you ready to buy yet are you ready to buy yet i'm patient they'll come to me when it's when like stop we're, we're ready to buy now yeah so don't feel like you're rushed if you want to touch base with someone like me well, me or another sourcer, that doesn't mean you necessarily have to work with us now. It just means, look, we have your information. We can keep an eye out because things come across us all the time. If And um, I have a CRM system that I'll have your criteria. And if it matches, I'll send it your way, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think that's some advice. Oh, I like that. That's brilliant advice. No, it's really good. A solid advice. And it's it's good to know that there's these people out there because uh, such as yourself, because, you know, there's a lot of people that do want to invest, but they ain't got the bloody time yeah. to do it. They've got a pot of money sat there. They're working all week and they've got family at yeah. the weekend. They don't know what to do with it. So speaking to yourself sounds like a good idea for a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, you can be based anywhere in the UK. You know, I mean, some sources even like if you if you're in America, Spain, a lot of people retire in Spain, right? So some sources even work with people abroad. Uh, I currently don't do that. So um, maybe down the line, I'll explore it. But um, for me, you can be based anywhere in the UK and retired. You can be 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, any age. You know, um, my, my service helps solve uh, three main problems. Um, lack of time, lack of energy and lack of experience slash knowledge. So if one of them, if you have one of those problems, then I'll help you out. A lot of yeah. people are retired and they just don't have the energy. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty intense game. So yeah. even if you're retired, you can still get an interest rate mortgage only, which when it comes to buy to let investing is, is the one to go to. So um, that's still fine. So I can still help you out. Um, a lack of knowledge, lack of experience. You may have done a, 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 a mini course, but you still don't feel that you have enough knowledge yet. Or you may be a doctor based in London. You may be a lawyer based in Edinburgh, doesn't matter. Uh, if property is not your profession if you have no experience i can help you out yeah. and um i could just even have a zoom call with you just to just to chat answer any questions you yeah. may have and when it comes to lack of um uh i think covered it yeah energy yeah. time and 
knowledge yeah, yeah that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> if, if people listening to this do want to reach out where can they find you scott so i'm currently on linkedin i am on linkedin facebook instagram technically youtube but when it comes to me posting uh linkedin um scott mcpherson mac you'll see it in the title of this video i think yeah. Yeah. and uh you'll linkedin is where i post um i do post reels now and then um i am going to get back more back into it so um these reels range from 15 seconds to 60 seconds and it's just short fire information to help add value to you to your journey yeah how to if you're viewing your first property here's some tips that aren't obvious the obvious ones um we all know like check to see the lights work and stuff like that check to see the house is still there for god's sake <laughs> yeah. when it comes but when it there's a lot of things that you don't think about um you know like checking the different weather conditions to see if there's any leaks from the rain or the drafts yeah. or something for example um yeah there's i post videos and stuff like that and uh i do have a website mcpherson-properties.co.uk i also um I posted on TikTok a couple of times, didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, it's not for everyone, TikTok, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but these... LinkedIn and Facebook are, are best. Because they're the best. Okay. I'll put those, uh, I'll put your, your contact information in the show notes so people can reach Magic. out. Mate, it's been great speaking to you today. I've uh, I've learned a lot, uh, which is always, always good. It's great to hear. Uh, and I hope the listeners have learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. I hope so too, man. I mean, um, when it comes to uh what i do and if, if people want to reach out i always say this to people um whether it's someone touching base or even someone experienced more experienced than me like if you have a question if you message me on linkedin i'll answer it or if you're like scott look i want a 10 minute chat i'm looking to get into deal sourcing i'm looking to get into deal packaging i'm looking to invest in property but i just don't know how to do the take the first step i don't know how to do all of that if you if that sounds like you then get in touch we'll set up a zoom call and i'll answer any questions because I wouldn't be where I am right now um, if it wasn't for people like Joe doing this podcast with me, if it wasn't for people in my group, networking group, referring people, if it wasn't for them answering questions I had, my investor asking, answering questions I had, if it wasn't for all these people selflessly helping me, I wouldn't be where I am. Yeah. Property is a people's game. You may think that you're going to spend most of your time on right move. You're not. You're going to be spending most of your time networking and you're going to be spending most of your time um, on Zoom calls, coffees and doing all of these things so yeah. if i can help people start that or help people um connect people if you're like look i want to get in touch with a solicitor i'll do that and i'll i'll, I'll, I'll help i'll just help you start building your network you know I'll, i i do i do uh promote helping people no matter like i'm at the start of my journey man like it's not as if like i'm a millionaire helping people it's like whether you're at the start middle end of your journey help people regardless so I think that's important. That's and another that's bit of advice, it. never underestimate um, the power of a cup of coffee, the amount of um, opportunities that I've gotten just from meeting someone with a coffee. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's really, really important, man. Always good. Everyone so, uh, loves coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Yeah, quite right. You need man. to make yeah. sure that you get your yeah. Costa card because <laughs> you'll be getting plenty I of do. points because of this. Yeah, oh, because mate, of thank this, you very much for joining me today. I've really appreciated it. Thank you for listening to the Home Buyer Club podcast. If you've liked the episode, please leave a comment below. For more episodes like this, don't forget to like and subscribe. And I'll see you in the next one.